Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. We live in a world of fees. Airlines, hotels, food delivery, and especially car dealers all charge excessive last-minute fees. When you want something badly enough, it feels like your only choice is to pay up. But what if you had a choice to take a stand instead? At Carvana, we believe in treating you better. With zero hidden fees, you can drive off without feeling ripped off. That's what it means to live fearlessly with Carvana. It's that little chico pit boom, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on negative to positive, we always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how our life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. On today's show, we're discussing the Catwoman casting. On top of that, you're getting a Maleficent 2 movie review on today's show. And what is up with that Ryan Reynolds meeting at Marvel? Does it mean anything? We discuss it here on Movie Talk. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm going to have the pleasure of introducing Coy and Riley very soon. But as always, first, we are doing that call sheet. And the first item on today's list is the Catwoman casting, because according to Variety, Zoe Kravitz has landed the role of Catwoman in Matt Reeves' The Batman Movie, starring Robert Pattinson. According to their report, there is no official start date locked yet, but apparently filming could begin in late 2019 or early 2020. More on this story in a little bit. Now we're moving on over to that Ryan Reynolds topic. Marvel Studios has yet to announce how Deadpool will fit into the MCU, but plans may be underway because Ryan Reynolds recently took to social media to share that he did visit Marvel Studios. We are also going to speculate on this story very soon. Now, how about that Maleficent review? So, Koi and I saw the movie last night. In case you need a little refresher on what it's about, it picks up several years after the events of the first film, and it explores what happens when someone causes a rift between Maleficent, played by Angelina Jolie, and and Princess Aurora, played by Elle Fanning. That review is coming your way in a little bit. Next up, more casting news. According to Variety, Samara Weaving is set to play Scarlet in the upcoming G.I. Joe spinoff movie, Snake Eyes. The film is being directed by Robert Schwenke and already has Henry Golding set to star as the title character. Finally here, Disney Plus is set to launch on November 12th, and it's going to have a huge, huge library of content, apparently more than... 
7,500 episodes of TV and 500 films within the very first year. If you'd rather not watch that three-hour-plus video that they just released showing off all their titles, Collider.com has a full list of everything that you could check out on the streaming service on the site. So go check that out over there. But right now, we're going to show off some stuff coming to the Collider Video YouTube channel. Here's a promo. Hi, I'm Amy Dallin, one of the hosts of Collider Heroes. And starting right now, you can catch our show Tuesday nights with a new Collider Heroes and a longer Collider Heroes podcast where Koi and I are going to talk your ears off. You already know that's coming. So make sure to go to YouTube, subscribe, and find us on the Collider Heroes podcast feed for all of that sweaty goodness. Oh, hey, it is panel time with Koi and Riley. Hello, hello. Hi. Stop. What's panel up? Time. Good morning. How are you doing? I haven't spoken to you in forever. Clearly, I was wrong last night. Yeah. <laughs> Check out Rula 2. No trailer dropped, but uh, next week. I was just trying to give the opposite perspective. It's, it could have gone either way. It's going to be Monday. You think episode Monday, was the Monday the thinking? 21st. Yeah, we were thinking it was last night. Okay. Yeah. Because of uh, mixed reporting from uh, John Boyega's agent, I think, is what kind of set it off. Fair so, enough. Fair yeah. enough. I'm excited whenever it happens. Well, just, this uh, is the last time I listened to John Boyega's agent. I know. Yeah. Slash, well, guess what? Just kidding, because I like the projects he signs up for. <laughs> yeah. He, it, hey, it's it, it happens, and when it drops... I'm sure we'll all watch it and be excited. I'm pretty sure we'll hear. I mean, I think it's going to be... People will talk. Yeah. It'll, it'll get be, around. It, it'll make news. It'll be a popular trailer. Yeah. It might go viral. Yeah, people hear about it. Yeah. I was about to say you didn't listen to the uniform today. I didn't. I didn't get the but flannel But you kind of look like Dexter right now, and I'm all for that. I'm, you know, I'm ready to murder those that deserve it. No, okay, okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm down with that. It's early. Right, I'm ready. It's early, guys. More like the Halloween vibes. Oh, but, you know, okay, yeah. No, of course. Fake murder. All right. Let's roll into this first story here a big casting story that dropped yesterday if you caught our breaking news video that uh, i did with mark riley here you got our brief thoughts on zoe kravitz being cast as catwoman in the batman bacoy now we turn to you first off just you hear this headline what is the first thing that crosses your mind well that makes sense it was, <laughs> it was the first casting call for this movie that i was like oh mm-hmm. i guess the rest have been so out there and like Robert Pattinson to me was so right but I hadn't thought of it Robert Pattinson was this like out of nowhere choice that is so perfect to me Joan Hill same where I was like I would love him as the Riddler we, it still hasn't been confirmed but when we heard that rumor it was such a left field perfect choice it's it's almost like she's too much Catwoman when I heard it I was like well that just makes sense like it doesn't it doesn't have the same uh, impact as the other two I think she's a fantastic actress I think Zoe Kravitz is perfect for Catwoman but since she's everywhere and since she's in so many franchises and since she's Lego Catwoman and Mary Jane and she's in uh, the Divergent movies and she's in Mad Max and she's in Dope and she's in so many things that I already love, it's like, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm excited, but it's certainly the most obvious choice of any of the casting or of the Catwoman rumored. So like, I'm very excited, but it's, it's fine. Okay, <laughs> all right. I feel like... We talked about this a little yesterday because we've speculated and thrown out names on the show. And it's yeah. like once you throw out names and you start to picture those individuals, when somebody else is unveiled, it, you know, I mean, I, I guess that's the downside of constant speculating. But I think she's a great pick. And part of the reason why I'm really excited for her is because even though she's got a lot of other franchises to her name and she's got a bunch of great performances to her name, I feel like most of the projects that I like her in don't utilize her enough. That's fair. <laughs> they don't they don't show off her range. They don't give her enough screen time. I'm still bitter about the Divergent franchise, which I thought had more potential, but 
I'm looking forward to seeing her hopefully shine in this, but that kind of begs another question here, given the fact that this is a Batman movie. It could include the rogues gallery. What kind of expectations should we set for ourselves in terms of how much screen time she's going to have in this? Yeah, it's a good question. Everybody keeps wondering. There was the rumors, Chloe, I can turn to you because Collider Heroes, obviously. We've heard Arkham Asylum at one point, but that was like Ben Affleck, right? He was right. going to maybe do the Ben, um, the Arkham Asylum movie. There's, there's a, the long Halloween. I love that idea, but I don't know if that's going to happen. So when I think about those two kind of rumored projects, that's a lot of villains. Right. So, uh, but now we're kind of, Cluing into Riddler and Penguin as Jonah Hill, we, we don't know which it is yet. Or Both Calendar Man, Isn't or Calendar. That what you were saying I, if they do Long Halloween, I think it'd be a great Calendar Man. Oh, I mean, look like so. Look, now you're just giving. I'm like, just okay. All right, Jonah okay. Hill plays all three. Okay, well that would be insane, but I could <laughs> I could see it happening too. But it goes back to my point that if we just kind of land on either Riddler and or Penguin sure. for Jonah Hill and then Catwoman, who else do we have? Are there any other villains that have been rumored yet? So if it's just the two of them, then I'm, I'm really excited for Zoe Kravitz to, to be like front and center, really stretch her arms because I always go to Big Little Lies when I look at her acting, is that is why I'm so excited. She is phenomenal in Big Little Lies. She is do- doing things that broke my heart in the series. But it's such a different part for mm-hmm. Catwoman. So she can really just like stretch her legs and just really get into it. And that's what gets me excited. So um, and I know that there were some other names rumored. This mm-hmm. is the one I circled and being like, yep, no, was, it's perfect. Was uh, it the same for you, Koi? Because the other two that... So first, briefly, Justin Kroll's tweets that came after the Variety story broke yesterday. He wrote, couple things regarding this casting. Seems Kravitz has been high on the list for some time going back to August. But the worry was that scheduling with her Fantastic Beast schedule, which has caused talent like Ezra Miller to pass on things in the past. And he continued, in recent weeks, it looked to be a three-person race between Kravitz along with Zazie, as in Zazie Beats, and Isa, Isa Gonzalez, with actresses testing last week for the part. So, you know, I mean, I guess what's the point in even asking this when it's all said and done? But if you had seen that shortlist, would you have picked Kravitz for the role? The thing is, with that shortlist, any of those are going to be great. And that's how Warner Brothers lands. Like, obviously, they're not going to be like, ah, you made the shortlist, but meh. But, like, all three of them were incredible actresses, so I would have been really happy with any of those three. I think we've seen the most from Zoe, uh, just as far as she's been around forever. Like, she's, she's been working for like 15 years so she's the work i know the most i love the other two actresses but zazie's new to me with atlanta and atlanta's only on season three so it's it's all very new as compared to her and her physicality is incredible i I, i'm really excited to see catwoman get to play and like be a cat and move and i can definitely see all that with her casting um i think that her casting implies the long halloween being more likely because Mm. i would love to see an anti-hero need I think Batman's going to need Catwoman. I think there's going to be an element of there's too many villains for him to fight in mm-hmm. his own. I don't think we're getting a Robin in this film. I think Catwoman's going to have to save Batman. And I think casting someone that's very... Uh, like Zazie is, is this incredible calming presence. And I think that... that uh, what was, how do you pronounce her name? Isa? Isa. I think Isa is this incredible wild card. I think that she is this incredible duplicitous. You're not quite sure which way she's going to go. I think that when you look at her, you're not sure if she's playing you or being played by... like. I love her presence. So I can easily see her as a Catwoman that you're like not sure if she's with you or against you. And that's what I think they're going to do with this take. Do you think that's possible at all? 
I have no idea anymore. <laughs> I just, I'm going to be honest. I have no idea what's going on anymore because of what I, like, there's so many rumors, especially around this, because it feels like the Batman has been in development since Joel Schumacher's Batman Forever. <laughs> hey, I'm just like, it's like, hey, that movie has a spot in my heart. For Perry, life, we're going to have a talk after life. movie talk. That movie is. I was at the perfect age. It was my sleepaway camp poster my first year. I get year. it. I get it. No, no, no offense to Batman Forever. But no, it just feels like it's been a while. So yeah. when you keep saying Long Halloween, it's like I keep going, is that happening? Because I, I, I don't know. But getting back to it, I think, and it's, it's going to come nicely into our next story. Zazie Beats is Domino, and I'm excited to think that she's going to return for a Deadpool 3. So I think that if we can look at her going into that direction and be like, that's maybe why. I mean, I know that there are MCU actors and DCU actors that kind of sure. mix and match. It doesn't really matter. It, it depends on the talent. But um, I always go back to, to Big Little Lies. I mean, it is it is Zoe Kravitz that I that I think is the best suited for this role. And I'm not familiar. I'm, I'm sorry. The third actress from Baby Driver, uh, yes, Isa Gonzalez. Isa Gonzalez. Not too familiar with her work. I've seen Baby Driver maybe twice, um, and I remember her. she was fantastic, but. Again, it's it's. I think they made the right call with Zoe. She was in something I saw at Sundance called Paradise Hills, and admittedly, I didn't love Paradise Hills. Mm-hmm. I think it has a whole bunch of admirable qualities, and I think her performance in that is one of them. But, you know, I guess I go back to what you said, Coy. I probably would have been happy with any of them if I'm looking sure. at, you know, a proven track record. Mm-hmm. May, I probably would have sided with uh, with Zoe Kravitz, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what she's going to do in this. If you guys had to place your bets on the next The Batman casting news to break, what would it be? Oh, God. See, previous answer. I have no, I have no idea. idea. <laughs> yeah, because, I, I mean, again, it's the story that I'm wondering what it is. Long Halloween, Arkham <laughs> Asylum. Are we going to the, the true greatest detective angle where um there's going to be a rogue gallery of villains so you know obviously no joker in this movie um unless there's a surprise here i don't know but again see previous answer uh penguin riddler i don't know once we can lock in who jonah hill is playing i feel like i can speculate a little bit more responsibly nobody's got a thinky face like coy i know you're <laughs> we've got commissioner gordon we've, we've got, got commissioner gordon we've got batman we've got batman we've got catwoman mm-hmm. i want them to announce four or five names as villains and give us nothing else a la Suicide Squad. Wait, wait, okay. when you say name, do you mean character names or actor, actor names? Because we're going to okay. find out what, like, if they give us character names, then when we see someone on set, we'll do that. I want us to get a very broad swath of names and I want I, I want an Arkham movie or a Long Halloween. I want something like that. I want Long Halloween. So I sure. want to get a, an array of names and I want us to have no idea, much like what James Gunn's doing, and I want to go into this mm. movie trying to piece it together like the world's greatest detective. It, yeah, I mean I'm, I see, but that's a good point. I think we go to James Gunn's Suicide Squad and we have all those great actors and all like what are they going to do? How are they, how he's going to manage all of this? And for this Batman movie, as much as I want the Long Halloween I, I, I'm hoping that we're Keeping not too many, not putting too many villains in this. But again, if we go long Halloween, then we're that that goes out the but, window. Uh, well, I used to have the the too many villains worry uh, for yeah. years, especially after Joel Schumacher's Batman and Robin. No, uh, no, but no, there's no. been there's been movies that have I'm not uh, you know, spending that one. They bit off more than they can chew. But then recently with uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming and Spider Verse, yeah. uh, we've been able to see how if you use the villains correctly as their purpose, as their force of nature. Absolutely. And I think the long Halloween is a great way to have. 
a world building movie so Robert Pattinson's Batman gets to leap ahead a bit you get to have what feels like a legacy with having all these villains in a contained environment serving their purpose one great scene an actor Heath Ledger's Joker only had like 11 minutes of screen time right and and if you have a great actor in a great role in a great environment you could have like 12 villains as long as they're eh, maybe that's too many but like nine (laughs) villains if they're used well in a in a series of scenes I I get it and you know what when you with your description like that give me some kind of the Hannibal Lecter flavor from right. Silence of the Lambs, where Batman does have to interview or, or you know talk to one of the villains behind the the wall there, behind the cell, and I and and more on that, I love that idea because it could possibly set up future sequels where we focus on one villain that goes you get, off. You get an opening villain outside of Arkham, he is doing something that makes you uh, think that there's a bigger play afoot, and yep. then that leads you to Arkham. You have an interview scene with that. Batman leaves. He then finds out there's more going on in Arkham. You've already introduced two villains. you got one villain playing everyone. you got three villains, and then throw in some more. You're at like nine villains without there being a sacrifice of story, and make the opening like Kite Man. Like, do oh. something where it's like a ridiculous opening villain, Kite and then leave in Kite Man would be great. How about Condiment King? Dude, Condiment King would be... Or like onomatopoeia, like there's so many villains you could just throw. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. There's there's some options, and then we throw in <laughs> Superman, and then Superman's there for funsies, huh? Played huh? by Lex Luthor. Yeah, we'll happening. See. I thought we were doing so well with our detective work for a while, and then it just spun wildly out of control. Sorry we're, about that. We're yeah. probably going to be covering a lot more the Batman in the coming weeks, but right now. We have to move on to a movie review because Koi and I last night went to go see uh, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. Koi, let's just get right into it. Briefly, what you think? Character design, gorgeous. Cinematography, I really enjoyed. Color palette, dope and hook reminiscent. Movie, fine. <laughs> can I can I ask you a question about character design? Sure. Does that apply to all characters or maybe a certain section of characters? Because every time we went to like the Moors creatures, leading the witness, Perry. Oh, I love that you have this specific thing against a very it specific, really like, bothered me. Um, I, are they are the three of them with with Juno Temple and Amen, and Amelda Staunton? Are those are those three technically fairies or are they a different? Kind. I think that was just a, a character design from the first movie. They couldn't. They change. drove me nuts the entire oh, first yeah. movie, and it was just as bad here. They're it. It just doesn't look right. I understand what they're trying to do to create that fantasy vibe. Right. But nope. 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 Those are super. Like especially, I think it does a major disservice to Juno Temple, which, I, to be fair, I think a lot of the roles that she picks does a disservice. She's so incredible. To, she's so good, and then she keeps getting these parts that really don't show off what she's capable What's, of. What was the name and of the? In this particular case, it's like they bathe her over with CG nonsense that completely distorts her face. I forgot it was her until you just said it. Yes, and it, I it love takes away what was, from the what was the, the McConaughey film. She's so incredible in Killer Killer Joe. What was that McConaughey movie? The the name the drumstick scene like that movie's oh. so it's gonna I'm never gonna that film it's not even on the tip of my tongue right now she's been incredible since then but the, yeah. the roles she shoots it's very tricky um, now I, I really liked the movie because it made me feel like I was in a fantasy book like if you if you pause that movie at any frame it feels like you're diving into a fantasy book yeah. so I think there's an entire market for the film I think kids are gonna love it I think people that love like fake culture and fantasy and cosplayers I think there's an entire world that's gonna be in this film but I think that I experienced to be honest, I think I experienced what Martin Scorsese experiences watching Marvel movies, where it's like, I can see what it is, it's just not for me, so I can't fully understand it. I kept wanting to, to get it more. I kept wanting to be like, this is exciting, and I kept being removed because I didn't really... 
Angelina Jolie has such presence that I felt like I was tricked into loving her. She's only on screen for like 30 minutes or, or like she's not in it as much as I wanted her. Like I kept wanting more Angelina Jolie. And I think that's just because of like her smiling is so perfect and uncomfortable and, and like fantastic. But then they, they, they did this great stunt casting with the prince where he looks just like the drawing of Beauty and the Beast from the old cartoon. Like that guy, they like found him. Except, and there's some fun stuff. Was, is this the role that Brenton Thwaites had in the first movie? I was, was he, confused about that. Had we I met was, him? Admit, admittedly, I was a little confused as well just because when I saw the first Maleficent, I didn't really like it. So I never revisited it. Sure. Maybe I should have before jumping into this. But he, Brenton Thwaites, is credited. Yeah, he was Prince Philip in the first one. So they changed him to, to Beauty and the Beast guy. Uh, and I really liked the... the. I thought he was good. He was the great. The guy who I'm going to look up his name right now. But I, I, I really wanted more of the characters that we fell in love with. And I feel like the movie went other directions, which was a really strange thing where I kept being like, <clears throat> but what's the side mission? And that's never a good feeling. Um, and I love Harris loved- Dixon, by the Harris way. Harris Dixon. I thought he was quite good. Uh, I actually and- think all the performances were really good. Um, I also really liked uh, Ed Screen as oh, Bora. I thought he was. Gra- I thought he had great presence. And then we also had Chiwetel Ejiofor. Um, they they play creatures of the same species as Maleficent, and I thought that was a great addition to the story. That's the stuff that I was really into. It's just it's something about the design of the Moors to me that just feels. I know it's fantasy. I know it's supposed to, you know, like tap into your imagination and the fairy tale charm and all of that. But something about the design never clicks for me. I can't fully immerse myself into it. And it didn't help this time that it felt like there were a handful of creatures that were like knockoff Groots to me. <laughs> I found that very just dist- I'm not even just saying it as a joke. I genuinely found it very distracting. There were like four Groots. Yeah, uh, like Groots at all stages. Yeah, that's All fair. stages of his life. My, my big thing was the tone. I mean, actually, now that I think about it, then Maleficent even goes a little Groot-ish. Do you you know oh, what I'm talking about? I do. I, so, it, I don't know. My, my issue was the tonality shift. Uh, the movie's very uh, much like the first film, and then the third act, it turns into a, you know, there's 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 battle scenes and stuff. It's a fantasy film. That's not a spoiler. There are scenes, and I was just like, it got grim fairy tale. Like, it got, like, malicious. And I was, like, really, I was not expecting malicious Maleficent All right. at times. Can I do just, like, a very, someone might consider this a spoiler, so I'm going to brand it, like, the lightest spoiler. It's, like, an instant where, like, a human is thrown thrown up into the clouds. Yeah, there were moments <laughs> like, like, I know you don't, you don't see, like, the splat when that person comes down. But Implied it's splat. The, the, impl- the implication there is just, I, like, it might be a little much. So there were moments where I was watching one movie, then all of a sudden I was like, I'm aware this took a turn. <laughs> and I didn't dislike any of that. It just, I, I don't know how I'd quantify the film, and that's a weird thing to feel. Like, I don't know if this movie needed to be an hour longer or 20 minutes shorter. I don't know if I was too invested in the wrong characters or if I wanted to live underground with a certain batch of characters. And I can't tell why I left that movie going like I don't know what I wanted differently this isn't a a statement about what I wanted going into the movie but coming out of it and the parts that I found to be the strongest I almost wish that they had done something entirely different and made it a more you know like a ground level almost like a sitcom kind of approach because I thought the most successful scene in the entire movie is this dinner scene where Maleficent almost feels like a fish out of water she walks in she walks into um, into like the castle area and just some child lets out some blood curdling scream and I thought that was the fun like I was cracking up probably a solid five minutes after that joke came and went but 
those beats, I'm not even just saying, I'm not yeah. trying to poke fun at it. I don't want to make it sound like I'm coming across as sarcastic. I genuinely think that there was great opportunity there that I wish they dug into for more of the movie. I totally agree. I love the arrival at the castle. I love all of that, those moments. And I really loved her performance because I feel like Angelina Jolie exists in that way. Like when I, there were some scenes where she had horns and those amazing cheekbones mm-hmm. and all those things. And she was looking around and everyone was just awestruck by her. And I was like, that's just being Angelina Jolie. Yeah. Like I imagine that's just her existing. She's kind of made for this role. It, absolutely. I, really, she can do just about anything as this character and, and I will buy it. Same. And I, I don't think it's just about the way she carries herself and what the, the hair and the makeup and the costume work does, which I think is, I think the, the costume design and the makeup for Maleficent and, um, you know, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Ed Screen, all of that. I thought that was phenomenal. I could have seen an entire movie just living in their world mm-hmm. and exploring all the different types of character development you could do within that. But the way Angelina Jolie carries herself in this role is just a perfect match for Maleficent. It also, it took a lot of things from one of my favorite franchises, which I give credit, but also I was confused by, is like, there was a lot of how to train your dragon in this movie. Mm-hmm. I could see that actually. Like, they were like I kept being like, "Oh, that's Infinite Train your Dragon." Okay. So I love that franchise, but I kept being like, "That's a strange choice." So that's if they'd made it huh. more like How to Train Your Dragon, I think I would have liked it more. All right, so, so yeah. I enjoyed I, it. I feel like there's no better time to ask Riley a question, especially after a How to Train Your Dragon yeah, reference. But I, I perked up. Have, what, oh? Based on what we just said, are you tempted at all to see this movie or not? Sort of. Okay. I mean, I, you know, I like the How to Train Your Dragon reference. What I'm hearing is like different levels of tone shifts and what ifs and ooh, if onlys. Uh, I think uh, if it was, if you were to tell me, what are you going to see this weekend? Maleficent or something else that's opening? Zombieland 2. Zombieland 2. Yeah, I'm going to Zombieland All right. 2. I, I, I don't know about this. We waited one, 10 yeah. years. I'm, I wasn't a big, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of the original, uh, of the first movie. I thought it was great. I liked that they tried something different with uh, the reimagining of Sleeping Beauty. I, uh, I really liked that because I think it, it sticks with me actually more than The Lion King did because mm-hmm. Lion King was just a complete, there it was in, 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 in whatever live action glory it is. It, that, it literally didn't stick with me. Maleficent had more memorable moments for me because mm-hmm. of the, the swings. However, still didn't really, completely land with me so I'm iffy about this uh, I'll go to my fiance and see if she wants to see it if she wants to see it then yeah we'll go I think if you want to see it at all the theater is the right way to see it because yeah. of the visuals yeah. uh, you know everyone says that's like, where, see, it big, yeah. see it loud but no, no, in this no. case mm-hmm. see it big see it loud yeah. I'm I, a big believer in that that's why I go to the movie theater I like that I like opening night uh, with you know everybody buying tickets Friday night going mm-hmm. with the fans with the with the audience members this one, it, it seems like it, it, it looks good, but um, visually, yeah. I should say. But yeah. I would say if you're intrigued at all and interested at all, you should give it a go. Yeah. I definitely don't think it's a home run by any means. But as someone who really didn't like the first one, I think this one is, uh, is not far superior, but it is the better experience. And bringing up Maleficent and also Brenton Thwaites, now I'm having flashbacks to like her just dragging him along while he floated for half the movie. There's so many great <laughs> moments in both films, and I think that it's a really good event movie to see with the fans. Like people that love this fan, like this, I think that'll enhance the experience. It's always hard in press screenings but sure. people dressed up with horns and stuff are going to be the ones you want to see it with yeah okay i get that there we go that is our review of maleficent 2 if and when you see it this weekend make sure to tell us what you think about it in the comment section below all right before we move on to our final discussion of the day we've got more stuff to tease on the collider video youtube channel here's another promo 
The Witching Hour is all over Collider right now. You can listen to that horror-filled podcast with myself, with Haley Fouch. We talk about witchiness. We talk about slashers. We talk about space horror. You name it. All on that show on the Collider Factory feed. And on top of that, you can find an article all about Witching Hour every single Tuesday on Collider.com. Check it out. Get scared. Hopefully you survive the Witching Hour. Welcome! To Collider Live, ladies and gentlemen, it's the thing we promised you. Star of the show, Josh Bakuga. How you feeling, Josh? Terrible. 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 I can tell you something. These people think they're here to see this attraction. They have no idea what they're about to see with this character. It's going to be something. Here we go. Uh oh. We're. <laughs> That's just you. It's creepy people. You're alright, go say hello to him. There's a family in your driveway. <laughs> <laughs> she made the tether guy laugh. I don't know what to say. If you want to see more of that, the full video is going to be on the Collider Live YouTube channel. Riley, I like. W- were, were you all okay? Did you get to experience the maze at all? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you just listened be- to him shrieking the entire time. I had the best time. Josh McCuga, not so much. In fact, I think he's going into therapy right now. It was so wonderful to see him. Absolutely scared, you know what? And it was, yeah. and I was there. I was scared a number of times, and every time I was scared, I was like, "Oh yes!" Because I love. What being was scared. your favorite maze of all of Halloween us. Horror Nights? Us. You liked us the best. Us was the best, scary, and then uh, Ghostbusters Did was the go, best uh, kind of nostalgia. Did you go to Killer Clowns? And Killer Clowns was Killer pretty great, Clowns too. Killer Clowns was awesome. The Killer first Clowns thing I did when I went good. home from Halloween Horror Nights is queue up that movie. Yeah. And that movie is a freaking delight. It, it, I don't know why I don't watch it more often. Killer Clowns from Outer Space is one of the uh, the best horror movies of all time uh, in the cheesy sense. Yeah. It's, it's great. But did yeah, that's a good one. Did you go into Pandora's Box? Pandora's Box. So no, Pandora's Box so. is a really cool one because in that one, the lights... Go- so... There's characters dressed in the same texture as the walls. So oh, at yeah. points oh. it went pitch black and then those characters would move and they would be like when the lights come on, it was almost like they just transported to another spot. I yeah. thought that was just a very effective scare. Yeah, we didn't hit that one, but we hit one All Hallows Eve where it was kind of like that. There was like green kind of like grassy things and all of a sudden a grass monster would come out and something with horns and mm-hmm. It was fantastic, and yeah, the video is up now on the Collider Live YouTube channel. We're going to play some on Collider Live coming up at 10 o'clock. Um, it, it was one of the greatest times I've had because uh, Josh McCuga, poor guy. He's something else. Yeah. All right, let's get into our third topic of the day. This is an interesting one. It's our title topic, actually. We are talking about uh, Ryan Reynolds' visit to Marvel Studios. Hmm. He posted a little something on his social media, and it's like, you know, it's a joking type thing. But when Ryan Reynolds goes as far as to post a picture of himself at Marvel Studios, it's impossible not to read into it, especially given the fact that Bob Iger has teased Deadpool in the MCU. So, First off, you guys see this post, and how seriously do you take it? Do you look at that and say, it's, it's around, an announcement is around the corner? I don't know about an announcement around the corner, but I, there, I definitely believe he was there to talk Deadpool. And you go to what Bob Iger said, you go to the box office of 780 plus for both movies worldwide. That is a lot of money. 
That is something that if Disney says, you know what, because of the R rating, we're going to leave 780 plus million on the table. No. So I think there is something there. Maybe is there discussing how to put Deadpool in the MCU. Maybe is there to talk about the next movie that might be outside of the MCU. Maybe you have your thoughts on whether or not and how to get him in there. We talked about a little bit of that mm-hmm. on our Riley Roundtable a few week, uh, months ago. So I wonder exactly what he's meaning for. Announcement around the corner, though? I, I, I hope. I think there is. Yeah? I think they've just been not able to figure out maybe the right way to incorporate him into the MCU, but I feel like these meetings have been going on far longer than this photo would indicate. Oh, yeah. I feel like this conversation has been pretty nonstop since the merger was complete and the second that they figure it out they're going to announce it and i feel like they might have even been tempted to do so thus far you know what i'm now with i i'm now with you thinking because he wouldn't he wouldn't have posted that picture they would have approved that there's no way they would have been like that's fine i take it back so it's it's almost not the same as many other actors posting a picture of themselves at marvel studios because he's so heavily involved in all the behind the scenes like He's there not just to, you know, sign on the dotted line that he's going to appear in MCU movies. He's there to brainstorm story ideas. Mm -hmm. He really cares about this character. And I just I have a feeling that this picture was an indication that maybe they and that this is just speculation. I don't want to blow it too far out of proportion. But the way I read into it is this picture was an indication that they cracked something and the real deal announcement might be coming our way soon. I think not only are we getting announcements soon, but I think when they announce when it comes to the release date. I feel like this was the soft announcement to basically alley-oop into what the movie is going to be timeline-wise, which is going to tell a lot about what it's going to be. I don't see them bringing in the X-Men by way of Deadpool because I feel like that's a little backwards um, because that that confuses the tonality because I think Deadpool needs to stay his R-rated, wisecracking self, and I think they should be a little bit more precious with the X-Men. I think the X-Men really need to establish a core team of five or six, preferably the original and and Storm would would be amazing, uh, or do like the giant size X-Men and bring them in, but have a precious team and then give them time to breathe like like a slowly assemble them maybe solo films but don't rush it by way of deadpool so i'd love like tinfoil hat pipe dream deadpool kills the marvel universe that's one of the best-selling deadpool comics of all time you've got all these actors that if robert downey jr is willing to reprise his role for black widow have him have chris evans reprise his role as cap and kill him in deadpool like have an elseworld do the joker do something right over here it might not ever happen hell have chris evans play freaking human torch like but, but do something right over here and have it be intentionally different that way it keeps it out of the mcu i feel like putting deadpool in the mcu is either gonna have to be meticulously planned through like four or five films or it's gonna have to be an elseworld like joker which Deadpool's the number one and two R-rated release, and then it, and then Joker. Yeah. So it clearly there's an option to have an Elseworld do well, especially in an R-rating. So I feel like this weekend, the timing of the meeting, all those things, I feel like we're going to get a release date soon. I think it's going to be in Phase Five. I, that's that's such a good question. I, I completely forgot about the mutants. Like, and I know he's a mutant and all, and all these things, but the implications of the mutants within the MCU. And so based on what you're saying, can we just, would everybody, including you, the fans, I'm talking to you, would you be okay with them just continuing Deadpool with the same, like we get Colossus, we get, like everything is kind of in the world that we've seen in Deadpool 1 and 2. 
Would people be okay with that? Well, what's cool about Deadpool 1 and 2 is that it has both continuities. It references Xavier as Patrick Stewart. It references McAvoy. So it's already thrown away continuity. So you could have Deadpool, as an unreliable narrator, be in the Marvel Universe talking about the MCU and acknowledge both of those as fake. You can have Deadpool exist outside of continuity intentionally, or you can insert him where he's been playful about his old continuity, and now he is an MCU continuity. Because the way the character works, the fourth wall doesn't exist, so therefore it can't be constrained to continuity. Right. So... Yeah. No, I know how they, they could absolutely do it. I could see so many things that he could do. He could even have a cameo with like a Captain America or a Scarlett Johansson or something to go, oop, no, no, not yet, not for a few years, close the door and move he's on. He's not even uh, a mutant per se in the comics, and they made him a mutant in the movie. They also right. put in the helicarrier, which they legally couldn't do in Deadpool 1. That's they right. put in an MCU prop, a set. Yeah. So like they've already kind of retroactively inserted themselves in the MCU. I see this as a soft announcement. I don't think they would have approved. The legal team at Disney is not going to be like, yeah, Ryan, Like this was a very signed off on moment. So yeah. how far do you think they're going to go with this announcement as far is how we are going to see him in the MCU because there are a lot of possibilities here. It could be a straightforward Deadpool 3. It could be him popping up in a supporting role in another MCU movie. It could be a Disney Plus series. What would you place your bets on right now? Solo Deadpool movie to test the waters of R-rated. Like, I think R-rated MCU is going to be a new trial. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. think solo film, but I do think it'll be like, we signed a four-picture deal, this is the one, and then we're going to go hard. So I see I see it being a, a rollout announcement. Yeah, and I, I don't I don't see a series on Disney Plus because of the R-rated nature mm-hmm. of it. I think they want to stay behind that. The, all signs, indications are saying they're going to do R-rating. Disney Plus being Disney Plus, I I think they even said there's not going to be any R-rated content on there. So, but they do have Hulu. They do have the side, the you know the the R-rated arm of Hulu. I think, but I don't. I still don't see. I don't see Deadpool there because I think the Donald Glover Deadpool would have happened if that was the case. Yeah, Um, I think that would have moved forward a lot quicker. Um, and since that got taken away, I feel like we're not going to get that. And I do. I don't think we're going to get X Force as soon because of this. Yeah, I feel like X Force is now going to be maybe the second or third film out from the present instead of being the next one they were going to do. I'm actually going to go with a supporting role in a in an already announced Marvel movie. Yeah. I feel like they're going to baby step into this territory and do the test the waters thing, but not with a full-blown Deadpool movie like we've seen mm. from Fox. I think they are going to test the waters with that sense of humor and what it's like having him play with other characters in the MCU as we know it, see how that goes, and take it from there. Mm. I feel like these talks have been going on for months and we're just seeing them. Yes. So I yeah. feel like it's going to be a lot Couldn't sooner than people more. think. I, I so hope. Too. I yeah. look forward to covering that right here on Movie Talk, which you should be watching every morning at 9 a.m. Pacific. <laughs> now, we've got your live chat questions here. I'm so happy you're here for this one, Quay. Um, we have a question from MK Songbird, who's asking, uh, joined late, was the news about the character Shriek being added to Venom 2 talked about via deadline? We didn't talk about it, but I did <laughs> want to bring it up, so I'm happy that question came in. Uh, first, can you tell us a little bit about Shriek and why the character is a good match for Venom 2? So, Shriek came into play uh, strongly in Maximum Carnage. Uh, Shriek is, is effectively Carnage's is lady. Uh, and she's also currently in Absolute Carnage as a demo-goblin type. She's demo-goblin, uh, which is a fun little take on the character, but Shriek herself has, uh, has, has very sonic powers, which is fun because she can take out the symbiotes, but she's on their side. Uh, uh-huh. So Shriek has, like, you know, a very 
she could hurt Carnage, but doesn't. And she's got a little right-hand man doppelganger who's like this little demonic Spider-Man invented by Jim Starlin, who's great. But um, Shriek loves chaos. She loves murder. She loves violence. She's very much Cletus Cassidy's right-hand woman. So if they play with Cletus from a prison standpoint, I could see her being like a cellmate, or like not like together, but like she's also in Arkham, uh, not Arkham, uh, also in Ravencroft, uh, and she's I really like Joker guys, um, so she's also in Ravencroft and all those things. So I think it's a cool element. I don't know how big of a character she'll be mm-hmm. because they really need to let Venom and Carnage have their time. They really need to make that relationship work. Um, and I think we're gonna get like a post credit Spider Man scene. So I hope it's not too many cooks. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a Tom Hardy deleted it, but Tom Hardy posted a, a picture of him in the Spider-Man I think costume. That's way, and took it down. I think that's way too complicated at this point. I think that's to why it's post credit. I think no. it's coming. That I think post credit. It doesn't change the rules, though. I think the Sony. You can't. I, I think thing. you can't make those promises in general, especially not right now after all the dust has settled with that situation. I think they're going to stay hands off until they're they're really ready to split. If I that think they've only got one more solo Tom Holland film, one more shared film. I think it'd be smart of Sony to be like, we claim him. Again. Again, and I think those that, that month they had, they got a lot of leverage. That I think is, Sony was I'm like coy on this one. That's yeah. like putting the nail in the coffin, though. That I mean, by doing that, you basically take off the table the opportunity to renegotiate if the time comes. Because once that time does come, I mean, we see how much this industry changes from year to year. It's going to be a completely different playing ground. So I think it that they're better off waiting to see where they're at before they solidify something like that. Well, I think if they close out the Spider-Man story in the MCU with that third movie in the trilogy, I guess Mm -hmm. you could call it, that final movie shared in the MCU, around that time we could be getting Venom 2, we could get that post-credit scene amicably now, amicably, I think. Mm -hmm. Everybody, Sony and Disney is like, okay, he goes off. Sony gets Spider-Man back for Venom, for Carnage, mm-hmm. for whoever else is going to be out there. Um, Morbius, all these these Spider-Man spinoffs. And then maybe he could come back around. He has those Avengers out there. And then maybe there could be something, another Avengers movie far down the line where they, they bring back Spider-Man, hopefully, maybe. I, I think it could be working on both ends here. I think that month, a lot of, a lot of decisions were made in the month we had the spider Because yeah. Sony was in a position of power. And I, I almost guarantee with that position of power, they were like, hey, we have this $800 million Venom movie. Let's add these characters. Oh, by the way, we want to do this with this character. Who is ours? And then that's putting a lot of eggs in a one movie basket, though. Did you see the first Venom? It's crazy. They like eggs. They do like eggs. And I think Shriek is a character that we got announced, but I don't. I think she's going to have like fifteen minutes of screen time or ten. I think. I think the announcement it was. You know, uh, comic fans are excited, but I don't think she's going to be a big player. I think it's going to be a Venom and Carnage movie, and they might solve the Carnage thing too soon. But I think. uh, I think post credit scene. All right. I think Venom right. 3 might be Spidey Venom. I'm still, I'm, I'm not in that boat just yet, but who knows? We can see things change in the near future. Riley, I got a good question for you now. This one okay. comes from Devin Lott, who's asking, what is your favorite go-to Halloween movie? Mine is Trick or Treat, Creep Show, and Night of the Demons. You, you mentioned one of them, Trick, Trick or, or Treat. Treat. Yeah, Trick or Treat is a classic now. Uh, the original Halloween 1978 is, yeah. is my go-to, uh, 100%. And I usually wait for Halloween hmm. to do it, or maybe the night before, because I want that music. I want Michael Myers. I want Jamie Lee Curtis, who was put on the map with that movie. I want, oh, it's just the, the, the best use of your Halloween time, in my opinion. Trick or Treat, Nightmare Before Christmas, mm. Halloween, Scream. But, like, Scream's an every day of the year movie yeah. for me so that doesn't really count but I'm actually also gonna just 
put more emphasis on killer clowns from outer space. Which, <laughs> I, like, you do I don't it. know. I think it's been something like maybe like like four or five years since I've last watched it. That is so much fun. So much stupid fun. I can't believe is anybody remaking that right now? Oh, I, I would don't actually know. root for it just because that idea is so like delightfully zany and vicious that I feel like if you modernize it, I, I just feel like younger moviegoers out there might not appreciate that texture and like mm. some of the you know yeah. some of the effects that don't necessarily yeah. hold up to what we get today and right. that concept utilizing modern practical effects and some digital effects. I feel like. That could be the perfect thing that's I'm prime for a remake. Oh, I'm, I'm with you. I'm firmly be great. I, I'm firmly in the remake that because it actually could use it camp because it, no matter how campy it is or how good it is, it's going to be that movie. Yeah. So I think that's one of the rare that could exist again. Especially when how hot clowns are right now. I, Come on. They're so hot right now. Take advantage. Uh, I'm firmly in the 90s, so I'm Scream all day. Yes. Scream's my Halloween movie. Uh, Hocus Pocus. Um, oh, Urban Legend, Focus I think, is slept on. Urban Legend is a great film. Um, I know yeah. you did last summer. And my big one, Every Halloween Without Fail, Final, De- Final Destination. Final right. Destination is my I'm jam. so happy you gave that franchise a little love. Oh, I love all of them. It's so good. Well, well all but like two. All but one. Wait, Wait what's I, your two? I love one, two, five. You don't like three? Three's the roller coaster, coaster one? I take it back. Three's one, got great, one, great two, three, and five. I think you just have to remove four. Yeah. Okay. So That's just the only one problem. One, two, three, and five. The, the movie that was made for 3D and not for a proper was that story. The one with the, the... That was the one with the racetrack. Well, I don't know what this. Oh, is. the swords <laughs> at the gym. Yes. Does that? Was oh that... God. Um, yeah. Where? That's right. um, yeah, not 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 the swords. It's weights, isn't it? No, they're literally for some reason at their gym. There are swords hanging on the wall. Uh, there for are no reason. there are swords, but doesn't he get smushed by the weights? I think he gets like a series of things that happen a la a mousetrap because it's final. Yeah, Destination. yeah, of course. But I There's remember a whole there bunch being swords. There are there are swords. You're right because I think the t- I think the team is like the Trojans or something, something like that. I just yeah. remember watching that being like I wouldn't work out there without yeah. this being a horror movie. That one's movie got that one's got that. It's got the pool scene. Yes, yeah. So one, two, three, and five are exceptional. All right, yeah. Man, I wish I could. Yeah. I, I hate saying this, but I wish I could raise more. Do you follow right. Devin Sawa on Twitter? Of course, he is yeah. a delight. He's one of my favorite he, followers. He is, that guy is yeah. fantastic. <laughs> he embraces all these movies just, that just, we have so much nostalgia for too, which I really appreciate. And he's like such a doting dad. And I keep thinking, like, I'm so glad he made it through that flight. Like, I'm always just like, <laughs> <laughs> would you ever get on a flight numbered 180? I don't think I, I could. No, I, I don't think I could. I no. always and I always check the thing. I always check. every single flight. I've never not been like, all right. I forgot who started this conversation on Twitter the other day, but it was like someone just putting out the general call for movies that have changed the way that you have behaved in your everyday life. And so many people jumped in on that chain, referencing Final Destination things, like the ones that come to my a mind. A log is, truck. I will never drive oh, on yeah, a log you truck. You always go around that. <laughs> I do always check to see if I'm flight 180, which mm-hmm. I never am. But then the other one is. This doesn't happen as much anymore because I'm not living in New York City. But whenever I would walk under an escape ladder, mm. like the thought of it yeah. falling. I'm also well aware out. of taking off the, the thing because of the superstition in that movie. Or if you take off your, your last um, – the things on your bags before you put the next one on. Like that movie <laughs> definitely irreparably changed how I fly. Huh. I would love if it had the same impact. I don't think about that one really. Oh, every time. Like when you get on a, um, like fl- a floor 13, some buildings don't have floor 13. Yeah. I would love if airlines were like, we don't do 180. <laughs> it's not for us. <laughs> just, please. Just I hope they of, Would they please adopt that practice? Because, yeah, I'm not what, doing it. What's a movie that's changed uh, the way that you behave? Oh, God. Um, I don't know. 
I don't know. Well, I'm not going to swim in Martha's Vineyard. Thank you very much, Jaws. <laughs> That's fair. That's generations. Yeah. I think anything water-related is a is a good call, whether it's like a Jaws or the Reef or open water. I yeah. mean, to be completely honest, because of those movies, I probably will not go out into the middle of the ocean and then jump into the water hoping my boat's still going to be there. Right. Mm, yeah. To answer the last Twitter question, I forgot October 30th every year. I've never missed watching The Crow and Devil's Night. Oh, okay. Huh. So that's not a Halloween Good movie, call. but October October thirtieth, I always okay. watch. The uh, and I forgot one too. I I watch the original Poltergeist every year. Ooh, every year, it's, it's a classic, and it has a clown in it. Everyone, one. clowns are hot. Do you guys have Halloween? Do you have uh, holiday movies like every holiday, no matter what? Oh yeah, yeah. Because like, every Christmas, Lethal Weapon. If I don't, I don't feel like it's Christmas. Oh my god, every Christmas is Christmas Vacation. It's Elf. It's uh, Die Hard. It's uh, a Christmas story. Christmas story. Christmas story. I wait. For the TBS or wherever TNT is commercial, yeah, yeah, I watch it just like I wait specifically knowing it's going to be on twenty four hours, and so. I always watch Friends episodes on Thanksgiving. Like, there's very Friends, like yeah. there, I, there are chunks of my holiday that that feel weird without it. Oh, planes, trains, and automobiles, I put on Thanksgiving for Halloween and Christmas. It's Nightmare Before Christmas, amazing. Yeah. But also for whatever reason, my sister really dislikes a Christmas story, and is it mean that that makes me want to watch it even more? Yes, you makes you need to. You need to make her like it i don't like understand it. why she doesn't <laughs> i, I want to know like tweet us i'd like to know how weird because we are on a show called movie talk we clearly live movies but yeah. do you if you don't watch it is it a weird holiday because i missed lethal weapon two christmases ago and i felt like the whole year was off that's interesting i forgot that the uh, lethal weapon could be considered a christmas, christmas. It's, it's set during christmas i, I get think it. the two that would would feel weird if i didn't watch them around the holiday is probably trick-or-treat and then elf for okay. for yeah. closer to christmas De- yeah definitely those two for me yeah, yeah. uh th- that like was my was like growing missing. up movie my family always watched it so i've like i'm 31 so that means i think i've watched that 29 christmases that i know of and <laughs> like recreationally so i think i can like tell lethal weapon more than any other film but i think like that's why the it's the holiday marker because yeah. it is like from birth. I, I remember that being the thing. So I'm just wondering if you guys have that because it's fascinating how yeah. it feels off. Please mm. chime in comment section below because we have to go now. Riley yeah. has to go do another show. Yes, Collider I gotta go. Live, yeah. live at 10 a.m. Pacific. See you there, you everyone. You guys know the rules. You're supposed to like and share this episode of Movie Talk. Plan to return tomorrow at 9 a.m. Pacific. But right now, make your way over there. Riley, thank you for being here. Thank Koi, you, for you me. rock as well. Adam in the booth that in the live chat today thank you guys so much for your help another reminder like and share this episode of movie talk and tune in tomorrow 9 a.m pt for a brand new episode it's that little chico pitbull mr 305 but it said mr worldwide and i'm here to tell you about my new podcast from negative to positive brought to you by my friends over at state farm i believe that to have success you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. 
And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba da ba ba ba.